Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Another show that apparently is popular... Uh, that I have not seen, is called Old Enough. You've actually seen this on Netflix, Michael? Yes, it's adorable. Is yeah, it? adorable is the way it's described. I'm glad you said that. Um, it's a show in Japan, and it's been a, a hit reality show in Japan for decades. Really? Yeah. We don't, I don't think we... Do we have any shows outside of, like, 60 Minutes that have been around for decades? The anyway, Simpsons. The show is called Old Enough. That's right, The Simpsons have. Um, the show is called Old Enough, and it's now on Netflix, and uh, Michael said he likes it, and I might check it out. It depicts Japanese little kids, some as young as two, taking their first solo journeys. The um, the show's a, a, a title in Japan is translated as My First Errand. Hmm. It's sending your kids out on their first errand, as young as two. These tiny children are shown toddling by themselves to the grocery store or their grandmother's house to pick something up or to a local farm to yank an enormous cabbage out of the ground. Whoa, yanking an enormous <laughs> cabbage would be entertaining. Bunch of cabbage yankers. Sometimes they get distracted from their appointed mission and start playing. Sometimes they interact with uh, with uh, people on the street, and it's, well, like Michael said, adorable. But... Um, as uh, it was written in the New York Times over the weekend, talking about this show, you're probably uh, thinking this would not happen in the United States of America. And they talked to the author of Parenting Without Borders, Surprising Lessons Parents Around the World Can Teach Us, who'd lived in Japan and seen the way they treat kids in Japan, and also just traveling around and seeing other uh, kids in other countries. Though I knew American parents were more protective than some parents in other countries, I was surprised at the extent of the protectiveness. 
According to a 2012 analysis of a survey conducted by the CDC, the mean age at which American adults believe a child could be left at home alone was 13. Wow. Bathe alone was seven. Wow. You don't leave a kid alone in a bathtub until after seven? I understand. Wow. And uh, to bike alone was around 10 on average. Wow. Wow. That's interesting. You know, not to play the old man card, but I specifically remember biking to uh, baseball practice at, well, uh, earlier than that. And heck, biking all over the place when I was a, man, we left the apartment complex, I'm, I'm remembering, when I was in second grade. And my friends and I biked all over the place. I remember wandering around by myself when I was, uh, I would have been when we lived there in first grade, kindergarten or first grade, so five or six. Um, and I don't think anybody thought, like, my parents were doing something insane. <laughs> no, not at all. It's not just a pain, just... Um, It's not just Japan, it says in the New York Times. In much of the rest of the world, kids are allowed to do more solo at earlier ages than in the United States. Quote this guy who wrote a book about traveling the world with his 9- and 11-year-olds. He said, our experience in most of the places we lived in the course of a year traveling the world, children, especially middle-grade children, were given enormous amounts of freedom that were totally incomprehensible to the average American. In the Netherlands, for instance... They said their kids rode bikes to school by themselves at ages that would never happen in the United States. Uh, You said last hour you think this is a a giant threat to our society. Why? Oh, I do believe so, absolutely, because we're raising a generation of people who are... Uh, who do not develop the the problem-solving skills and the confidence to enter adulthood. No wonder the world is so scary and overwhelming, and there's so much anxiety and, and depression and that sort of thing. They haven't accumulated the just the resourcefulness and toughness that every single generation of humans has. They've been denied that. They, the, uh, I used this expression years and years ago, and probably will continue. We're creating a nation of veal calves out of an obsession with safety. Your kid is not old enough to be home in the house by themselves until they're 13 on average, according to Americans. Well, and are we talking about for a month or like for when I go out to the grocery store? I think that would mean for like when you go out to the grocery store. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's paranoid. Folks, we become paranoid as a people. Well, right. There's the there's the that end of it, and also the end of, and I, I've noticed this recently. So I've been working really hard to get more of this going. The um, giving them that level of responsibility and decision making is is just it's it's immediately evident to me. And then, of course, if you think about it for a second, it's pretty obvious. You know, there's decisions to be made. You leave your kid alone at whatever age you think it's appropriate. I was interested to find that in the, in the uh, state of California, there is no age limit, which is pretty surprising for a nanny state. I have a guess that it's because of the number of immigrant families that wouldn't be able to afford the child care, and so they don't want to have any laws on that. That'd be my guess, because California is way too much of a nanny state to leave it up to parents. It's parents' discretion. Whatever age you think it's appropriate for your kid to be alone, you're allowed to leave them alone, which is what I think it ought to be, um, because kids vary. 
I, uh, I have one kid that I would leave alone easily. I have one kid that no freaking way. Um, <laughs> just, you know, it's personalities. But um, 13 seems pretty old. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. And, and the other thing that bothers me, I've talked about this many times, is all uh, everything kids do all day long is supervised. It's run by adults. They're given the rules. The rules are enforced by the adults. And they don't develop the... And it's if you've never witnessed it, well, I think we all have witnessed it. Kids who invent their own rules, I- invent how to enforce them, invent uh, sanctions for them, work out disagreements or don't work out disagreements, they, uh, they see the clashing of personalities. They figure out which personalities they'd like to work with and play with in the future and which they would not, and and the reasons behind that, the complexity and and just the 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 depth of the lessons kids learn through unstructured play is enormous, and and I don't even have the capacity to truly understand how enormous it is, and I'm telling you, it's enormous, and yet we're denying that to kids. In, in this incredibly misplaced and unwise effort to give them some sort of idyllic childhood, always in organized activities in uniforms. It's just insane. It's abuse. Getting back to the article, and each one of these things is a fodder for a, a long discussion if we wanted to. They believe that it started in the United States in the 80s and 90s with the uh, a tremendous amount of attention child abductions got. And as horrible as each and every one of those are, they they always have been and continue to be very, very rare. But the amount of media coverage that they got exploded during the 80s and 90s because people clicked on it or watched the shows about it. They, they think that played a role. Poorly defined child neglect laws also play a role. Many parents have told me, the author of this story, that they want to give their kids more freedom but worry that if they let their 9-year-old go to the park alone, for example, they might wind up getting a call from a child from Child Protective Services, and then they link too many examples of have that having happened around America. That's the cultural aspect. I, I've, I've felt that before, that I'd be okay with them doing that, but none of the other parents are, and I want them to look at me like I'm a crazy person. So that's the, that's the whole cultural aspect of it. Um, uh, others might argue that there's not much downside to being extra cautious, but research suggests something more complicated. Yeah, research and common sense to my mind. Uh, Journal of Family Psychology found that too much parental involvement leads to worse self-regulation among kindergartners. Jesus, early as five. And The Atlantic, Derek Thompson argued that part of the reason American teenagers are so anxious is that their bubble-wrapped childhoods can leave them without a sense of competence. Yes, that's exactly, I got off my uh, train of thought earlier. You, you leave your kid alone and they all of a sudden, the second you close the door, they have to go into decision-making mode. There's mm-hmm. no getting around it. Boy, there's a whole bunch of things I could do. There's things I'd like to do. I'd probably better not do those. I'd like to, but here's what could happen if I decide to, you know, whatever it is. Um, eat a whole bag of candy or, you know, whatever it is I decide I want. You know, but you're going to have to make decisions from the second your parents close the door. And that Can is I... good for us, and it's been proven over and over again. Can I offer, uh, this is the sort of thing that if we really wanted to be manipulative, I would, I would say I'm going to give you three words so powerful as a parent they are practically a magical incantation out of harry potter i'll tell you what those are after this except i'm not going to do that i'm going to tell you what they are right now because i like you and you like me (laughs) 
And listen, there are ups and downs raising my kids. Um, there are ups and downs with their adulthood. I made mistakes. I'm not a perfect parent by any means, but I loved them intensely, and I thought constantly about how to give them the best childhood, yielding the best adults. I read a tremendous amount about it. I'm a, I'm a layman. I'm not an expert, but I'm a real-world guy. So you give your kids freedom. You give them, whether it's a, an errand to the grocery store or leave them a, at home alone or as they're going out at teenagers, the three magic words are, as they go off, you say to them, make good decisions. Those words have so much more weight than you might think just hearing them. That's not an admonition. Well, it is an admonition to make good decisions, obviously. It is a giant message that I think you are capable of making good decisions. I am empowering you to make your own decisions. By the way, I'm going to be around, and maybe you and I are going to discuss how good your decisions are, Mm. but they're your decisions. Pilot your own ship. Kids swell with pride, and they want desperately to make good decisions. When you give them that freedom, it's not depending obviously uh, according to their capabilities as individuals you've got to appraise that in a smart way sure this isn't going to be true for my kids already but i know people who i could easily see how their kids could get to teenagerdom or later before they ever make their first decision right you could get to like 15 before you ever make your first decision, that's not good. Put them in a little cage like a veal calf. Armstrong and Getty.